It's Tuesday morning, and you know what that means. It's time for Book Talk with the Bookshelf Lady, singular, which means one. Again, we have a solo artist, Chris. Good morning to you, Chris. Yeah, yeah. you know what? It's summer. Yep. (laughs) Things are, you know, going back and forth. So uh, last week I was out um, taking care of my sister. She had surgery in Huntsville, Alabama. So I was down in the south. And then this week, Mare's on vacation. The bookshelf, all the bookshelf ladies, Marianne, uh, Peg Boger in the um, Amish district. And so I'm sure there's going to be lots of new material coming back to town from there. And so Ray and I will be holding down the fort this week so we'll be open we'll be ready for you lots of stuff going on sure yeah it's uh you know summertime the uh, schedules uh get adjusted that's for sure they say summertime to living is easy and they also uh, leads to adjusted schedules so uh so yeah you uh you folks are open at the corner of uh, walnut and boinger of course boinger is now open again i understand Oh yeah, Boyer's been open for a while. Yeah, so it we're has, good. Yeah, it's been one of the yeah. That was where uh, where all the uh, fun, shall we say, started. So okay, <laughs> well, excellent. So uh, with that, yes, uh, did, I guess we're working. Walnut Street, you know, they're just kind. Of, I think they're doing a fine job. They're moving down, the you know, and getting this done. So uh, I don't know. Y'all had quite a bit of rain last week. I understand. Yeah, we sure did. Uh, in fact, we had uh, some some flooding issues in part of the uh, area as well. Really, that must have been a lot of rain then. Yeah, so. we had flash flooding in uh, parts of uh, northeastern part of Decatur County, also um, uh, northeastern uh, Franklin County, over toward the Ohio state line, also uh, part of um, around the, the Laurel area and uh, west of Metamora. There was some flooding. No, oh, yeah. Well, I know all about flooding because when I was a kid. Uh, I lived down on Wilson Creek uh, in Lawrenceburg, mm-hmm. and we lived at we lived at the bottom bottom of the creek. And yeah, we were flooded out of our house twice, two times. After the second time, my mother said, "That's it. I'm never coming back." <laughs> <laughs> Head for so we moved off the farm. <laughs> uh huh. There you go. Head for high ground. Sure. So yeah, uh, that's well, what we did. Well, Chris, I guess we better uh, we better get down to brass tacks here and uh, talk about uh, some of the uh, the uh, the books that are uh, some of the best sellers that uh, are available. Sure to will. Sure will. And we'll start with the indie bestsellers. This is the one that Mayor always does. Um, so this week, uh, there's really not a whole lot of changes um, overall. Um, there hasn't been, you know, a lot of big books coming out that would flash. There's going to be maybe one this week or so, but the fiction for hardcover is still number one in uh, the Midwest is The Hill We Climb by Amanda Gorman, which is the presidential poetry. Project Hail Mary is by Andy Weir. That's number two. And, of course, this is another one of her science fiction thrillers. And I have had feedback on this one. And, oh, they love it. You know, my my patrons love this book. While Justice Sleeps by Stacey Abrams is next in line at number three. Matt Haig's The Midnight Library still hanging in there. And Clara and Sons. Uh, Ishiguro Kazuro is number five. There are no um, debuts at all. Um, a couple of things are sliding back and forth. The Lost Apothecary is back up in the 
top 15. Um, that's the only thing that's new that hasn't that was in the last week. Um, the Oscar Papine Review by John Green uh, is your nonfiction. And of course, John Green is a YA author. Um, I don't believe this is this is a book that's suitable for YA, but it's more of an adult uh, an adult uh, piece. Um, we had signed copies. I believe they're gone. Um, while I was gone, I think the last one was sold. So I'm going to see if I can uh, do some magic and see if I can get some more of those signed ones by um, by this week. Uh, so that's uh, John Green, number one. The Premonition by Michael Lewis is doing very well, too. I know I have a request for that one, so we'll have to check and make sure. I haven't been back to the shop yet, so I'll have to see what, you know, lots of things change in a week. Anthony Bourdain's um, The World Travel, next in line. And Michelle Downer's Crying in H Mart. So I'm going to have to check on that one. I'm not sure I remember what that is. The book, The Mole, The Fox, and The Horse rounds out our top five. This is by Charlie McAfee. So a couple others of note that are still hanging in there in the top 15, The Bottom Mafia by Malcolm Gladwell. I did read part of that book. It's absolutely fascinating. Uh, Finding the Mother Tree is a is a great uh, nonfiction uh, piece about um, how trees actually communicate with each other. So that's just a few that are still on there. All right, so let's move on down to our um, indie bestseller paperback. Hamnet by Maggie O'Farrell is doing uh, well at number one. And of course, this is a fiction about um, uh, Shakespeare's son named Hamnet. The Song of Achilles by Madeline Miller. She's still hanging in there. They must really love to hand sell this book in the Midwest. Um, and The People We Need on Vacation by Emily Henry is, uh, is really a fun book. Susie by Madeline Miller is also in the top five. And Where the Crawdads Sing round out our um, top five collections. Uh, a couple of things of note that are still doing well. Squeeze Me by Carl Heisen. He, he, he's done it again in this book. He, it's just too funny. It's way, way um, a, a ball to read that book. And The Giver of Stars is so well in hardcover and it's doing just as well. It's just, um, I think it might have debuted last week. Nonfiction, The Branding Sweetgrass is still at number one. That's Robin Wall Kimmer. The Body Keeps Score by Brandon Vanderhoek, MD, number two. Merlin Sheldrake comes in at number three with Entangled Life. Jessica Bruder's No Man Lad is number four, and I'm sure that's still being driven by the movie. And The Body by Bill Bryson. I love the fact that The Body Keeps Score and The Body by Bill Bryson um, are dueling it out in the, in the top five. And um, uh, that, that's definitely two different takes on understanding um, how we live and how we take care of things. Um, let's see, what are some other of the ones that were good of note? Oh, I see the bird way. That's still up here. And um, Say Nothing by Patrick Raiden Keith is still hanging in real well. So those are some of the ones in the nonfiction indie bestseller paperback list. 
Let's move on down to the children. It's always fun for that. Raleigh Jefferson's awesome friendly spooky story, number one. Dave Pilkey comes in right behind with Cat Kid Comic Club. Stamp for kids. This is the children's edition. Racism, Anti-Racism in You by Jason Reynolds, Ibram X. Kendi. Allergic, Megan Wagner Lloyd is uh, the author of Allergic. And Michelle Mee is the nutter, is the illustrator on that one. And A Wolf Called Wander by Roseanne Perry makes up the top five. We do have a couple of debuts this week with kids. Da Vinci's Cat by Catherine Gilbert Murdoch comes in at number 12. This is a really fun book uh, for um, middle grade readers if they like um, um, the books uh, about, um, what's that series? Um, can't think of it now. But it, it's about a time travel. It's time travel. They go through a cabinet um, and they're trying to keep uh, da Vinci from changing history. So that's, that's kind of a fun thing. And Picasso is a neat little story also for middle grade readers. And this is a, a graphic novel, but it's all about truth telling. And sometimes if you're not telling the truth, you can uh, get yourself into big trouble and you'll get other people in trouble. So this is a book that's going to have um, an, uh, a good, wholesome um, message out there. That's a message book. Young adults. They Both Die at the End by Adam Silvera is number one. We Were Liars, E. Lockhart. The Realm Breaker by Victoria Aviard is still doing very well. This is also one that's um, probably being read by as many adults as, as uh, young adults. The Firekeeper's Daughter by Angeline Boudier. And One of Us is Lying by Karen McManus. And so those are our top five young adults. Down here with the indie bestsellers for the kids, the illustrated, oh, the places you go. I always find that funny that it's in the children's illustration when that book probably goes to more adults than it does to kids. The Very Hungry Caterpillar is number two, I'm sure. I mean, it's a great book. It's always on the bestseller list, of course, but it's um, for sure driven by the fact that we lost Eric Carl. Um, one of the greatest illustrators ever. He won the Caldecott, um, and he, we lost him last month. Actually, along with Eric, uh, Lois Aylert also died. They died about a week apart. And she is um, the illustrator of Chicka Chicka Boom Boom. And, it, and, you know, they were both, they both did the same kind of art. They did that collage art where they cut up paper and um, lay it on to to make a picture, and it's just they're just beautiful books. But it's such a shame we lost both those writers this um, this this past a mo uh, couple months. Good Night Moon is number three. Margaret Weiss Brown. We are water protectors is number four, and the Octopus Escape. This is by Maylie Malloy. And for the children's series, of course, we've got Dogman by Dave Silky, Wings of Fire by Jude Sublin, Shadow and Bones, Lay Verdigo. I always find that funny to be listed as a children's series. Definitely an adult 
and a YA read for sure, not kids. Diary of Wimpy Kids, Jeff Kinney, and then also The Six Crows, which is by Lee Bardogo. But, you know, we have them in the children's series. So there we go. That's what we have for um, the Midwest this year. So this week, what's next? What's the last book that you've read there? Um, I can't remember. <laughs> it's been a while. Um, actually, oh, no, no, no actually, I, I actually do remember. It, it was part of the uh, the Killing series we had talked about uh, several weeks ago. Oh, yeah. The, uh, it was uh, Killing mm-hmm. Crazy Horse. And, of course, um, I'm yes. also looking to uh, get into that new one uh, by Bill O'Reilly, Martin Dugard, uh, Killing the Mob. Because uh, right, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that sounds really interesting. I mean, and you know, we'll talk about Al Capone. The fact that really um, Capone was not uh, taken down because of his because uh, of murder or anything like that. He was taken down yeah. by uh, by the IRS for tax evasion. You betcha. Yep. Yes. Yep. You know that. I'll tell you. I can tell you a story. Uh, I used to work for the IRS. Um, I worked in what they call special procedures, mm-hmm. and we handle. We handle gangsters, um, and it, it, I, the first time I saw a, a, a tax form from a prostitute, I went, whoa, wait a minute, you mean they actually file taxes? And they said, well, you know what happened to Al Capone? <laughs> he didn't file his taxes. <laughs> and, they, and so, yes, there are many people that do file taxes on illegal income. And because it is not, you cannot um, go to that and use it in court because it's private. And so, you know, you, you have, you know, there's lots, lots of stuff. I used to read a lot of, especially I had, I had Kentucky. And so there were very interesting returns that were filed by gamblers and by the race horse owners. And there was so much um, nefarious action going on in um, uh, the higher levels of horse racing. And also in um, Chicago, we had, I had Illinois and I also had Detroit. So, you know, my my, uh, boss came in, he said, first time that I had to review all these forms, he said, now just get ready. <laughs> You're going to be reading some very interesting stuff. <laughs> but remember, you can't, you can never, you can never mention names. This is all private. Sure. Um, you can tell stories, but as long as you don't say who it is, of course, by, you know, we're talking 50 years ago. I don't even remember their names. But, um, oh, yeah, if you didn't, you always had to look busy. Even when you were caught up and you were done, you couldn't sit at your desk and do nothing. So you would just pull files and read and if you'd have someone come by they'd say and you know are you busy i'm reviewing files yep. <laughs> so yeah had some had some real interesting reading there and you're absolutely right you know that was what how they finally got capone and that was one of the reasons why it's no longer legal to use that information from a tax return in a criminal um trial so very interesting stuff yeah sure is that's Mm-hmm. How about that? Wow. Um, yeah. It's, it's, and, you know, I, I, right now, I have a friend of mine in California who's in authority with me that, you know, I'm on the board, the national board, and 
she was in the investigative part of the um, IRS. And so she had to go out and investigate all the stuff that goes on with tax evasion and people that are trying to weasel out of paying the taxes. And of course she did it with the big money people. You know, the little guys, you know, they go after the small guys. It's kind of sad I saw that so much where, you know, they're on quotas, you have to get so much. And so they go after these um, individuals that, you know, it's not that they were trying to defraud the IRS, but they just didn't have, um, they just didn't know what to do. They, they couldn't, you know, we're getting away from books, but this is such an interesting story. Um, the Palm Sunday tornadoes that went through Indiana blew away a, a, just a privately owned gas station. And they were up there by Interstate um, uh, 74. And it was brand new. 74 was brand new. So it had bypassed him. And so he no longer got all, all this traffic at his gas station because they were all in the interstate. And, you, and the year after it opened, the tornado blew his thing, all of his records, everything. He lost everything. So, of course, he couldn't file his taxes. And so they went, you know, the dudes, the, what we call revenue officers, went in there. They do call them revenueers. Um, <clears throat> went in and said, well, this is how much you made for the last five years. We're just going to estimate your income based on that. And he said, wait a minute. I haven't had a, that many customers in a whole year. And he had to fight that. This poor gentleman had to fight that for almost five years with the IRS because it was just easy for them to do. So that's what always made, that that was always a frustration for myself when I worked there. You know, there were some people that deserved to be gone after, and there were others who needed to have a little um, help, you know, and sympathy. Where like they really got it. So, pumped me off too much. Right. One of the reasons why. I'm, when we moved to Batesville, I said, I'm done. I'm not going back to the IRS. I'm, I'm finished with it. So. Okay, so let's go to the USA Today. Um, Legacy by Nora Roberts is debuting at number one. And, of course, Nora Roberts, when she writes a story, it, it's just fun. You fall in and you don't get out until the last page. Um, years after a violent encounter, the past returns to haunt a mother and daughter. So that I know that can't be anything but great for by Nora Roberts. Oh, the places you go <clears throat> is a drop from one, number one to number two this week, and I'm sure it'll be back next week. Christine Sands' The Shadow Storm is uh, debuting at number three. Emmanuel Ferrero has done her best to keep her distance from Valentino Soli, but when he is shot, she can't stay away. So this is a paperback, and it is um, one of those a great little stick it in your pocket and read um, kind of a thriller, mystery, romantic as uh, debuting. The last thing he told me by Laura Dave, and um, this is uh, a story about a woman who thinks she's found the love of her life until he disappears, and she spends the book trying to find him and what happened to him. Number five is Andy Weir's Project Hail Mary, doing well in the Midwest, also across the country. This is, what, as we said, uh, an astronaut that saved humanity from an extinction-level threat. Clive Cussler and Jack DeGurl are back with uh, 
the saboteur. This is a new detective Isaac Bell investigation. And he they're investigating this time the attempted assassination of a senator and leads them all into danger. That's debuting at number six. Dog Man Mothering Heights is hanging in here at number seven. Um, okay. Got a seven. call. That's not mine. Huh. Not mine. Not my call. <laughs> Where it's coming from? So, um, not on my phone. Uh, unless it's coming through on my computer. That could let's be. See. Um, uh, let's see. The saboteurs. Well, that's the one that we is debuting at number six, and Dogman number seven. John Grisham Suli here at number eight. Um, and this is a book that he's running, uh, written all about basketball. Where the Crawdad Sings, back up from 13 to number 9 by Celia Owens. Uh, actually, that's one of the required summer reading uh, for one of the high schools in our area this year. Killing the Mob, the book that you're looking for, by Bill O'Reilly and Martin Dugard. The Fight Against Organized Crime in America. You know, I, and you're right. I'll bet that's really interesting. Really interesting. Uh, so that's our top ten. Uh, the next, the rest, The Gambling Man by David Baldacci, still in, doing well, came up, dropped out of the top 20 last week. It's back up here. The Midnight Library by Matt Hayes, still doing well. We have a debut at number 13 by Kristen Ashley. While Justice Sleeps by Stacey Abrams, it was on our list, and it's on USA Today also. People We Meet on Vacation, Emily Henry. Uh, once again, that's kind of popped up from out of the top 20 back in. Uh, the Very Hungry Caterpillar Board Book uh, really climbed the list up to 16 on the USA Today. Kristen Hanna's The Four Winds, been on here a long time, still doing very well. Number 18 is The 21st Birthday by James Patterson. Oh, for a minute there, I thought we weren't going to be able to say James Patterson, but he slid in there at 18. Jennifer Weiner's That Summer is still in the top 20. And Shadow and the Bone by Leigh Bardugo is here in the top 20, and that rounds it up for um, the USA Today. So let's see, we've got a little bit of time left, even though we kind of veered from um, everything else going on. Let's see what's coming out. This, um, let's see, is coming out this week. Yes, they were switching things on me. That's what happened. My computer was doing nasty stuff. Um, this week, I think the big thing, and you know, it's very, very good timing. The uh, <clears throat> Megan, the Duchess of Sussex, um, her new book comes out this week. Uh, hopefully, we should have it. Uh, I know that they had some problems getting orders out from um, Ingram this week, so I, it, it's not going to be here today. I just had an email this morning, but we should be able to have this by tomorrow. And of course, that's just in time with the new baby. So um, their baby was born last week, uh, and that is um, Lily was born. So her new book is called The Bench, and it is a children's book. Uh, Iris Johansson has a new deep Duncan out. That's number 27 in that series, The Bullet. 
sounds like it's going to be another one of the a great uh, reads. Tom Clancy's, uh, now this is done, of course, by Don Bentley. This is the new Jack Ryan Jr. novel. This is the eighth one in that series, and it is called Target Acquired. And so I'm betting that's going to be um, just exactly what it sounds like, a thriller. The Hidden Palace, the novel of the Golem and the Genie. So um, this also had kind of uh, quite a bit of buzz in the Woman of Genie. And this is set in New York City in the Middle East in the years leading to World War One. And so this was the follow-up to their, her first book. And I'm thinking this is going to be um, a lot of fun for those people that enjoyed the first one. Um, what else do we have that's coming out? Uh, Kristen Higgins has a new one. She's always popular with a light. If you're looking for a light read, pack up the moon. And it's going to be a lot of fun for that one. Um, this new one called The Rabbit, uh, the top mystery for a time of conspiratorial madness. It um, sounds like by Terry Miles. Um, I just love the cover. <laughs> I'm one of those people that buy things by the cover. Okay, The Wolf and the Woodsman by Aubrey is also coming out today. So there's a lot of things that um, look promising. Not any by um, any of our, what we would call our marquee writers, but uh, there's, there's a lot of neat stuff coming out. How many are there? There are 338 new books that are street dated on sale this week. So see what we've got coming out next week. We can pop that real quick before we have to say goodbye. Oh, Alex McAleedy's. Oh my goodness. He's, uh, his new one is out. And of course, um, he did so well with his last book. Um, absolutely um, The Silent Patient. And so this is going to be another fiction. It's thriller, psychological suspense. Um, it's, uh, it'll be a bestseller. It definitely will be a bestseller, and it comes out next week. Um, or some of the other things. Oh, that sounds interesting, but I can't say it on the radio. Okay. Uh, the plant-based athlete, <laughs> unfortunately, but this plant-based athlete is really a good a game-changing approach to peak performance. So it's a lot of protein in there, and that is way good for you. Um, Hairpin Bridge. This is by Taylor Adams' new uh, thriller. So that's going to be um, a lot. And of course, I think uh, Lynn Manuel Miranda has got a, a um, book that's uh, a tie-in to the movie In the Heights. It comes out. It's probably going to be lots of pictures and, and just what it was like for him when he brought that um, the Broadway play, and now is a movie. I think it comes out this week or next week, something like that. Okay. So that's just a few. Okay. Well, we'll keep an eye out on that. And uh, Well, Chris, uh, thank you for joining us this morning. And uh, uh, I'm not sure if we'll be back at uh, full strength again next week. But uh, nevertheless, uh, you have a good you week. You never again, know, do you? No, you ne but, uh, <laughs> hey, that's that's what makes uh, makes things fun. But, uh, again, uh, your location, your hours, and also your phone number, please. Uh, sure. We, we are right there on the corner of Bowringer and Walnut. 
chance. You can't miss us. Of course, you can a little bit now because you got to go around us, but we're still there. Um, we're open from Tuesday to Friday from 11 to 5, and Saturday is always by chance. I'm pretty much sure that we'll be there this Saturday. And uh, phone number 812-934-5800. So yep. just give us a call, and we'll help you out. And that is the bookshelf. Chris, thank you for joining us, and uh, we'll do it again next week. Thank you.